Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Missy Elliott in general reminds me of my childhood. Man, you make me feel so old. What a legend. <laughs> well, you know. Like, I was in college when this came out. So, Missy Elliott. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look up now. Now you have me looking up the release the release dates of Missy. So, Work It came out in 2002. Yeah. I mean, you can't get mad at me for making you feel old when something is 17 years old. What are you saying, man? I was 10. I mean, Lose Control, 2005, another great song. Fantastic. It just uh, it, it reminds me of my childhood. Love Missy Elliott. There's not enough Missy Elliott in my life. Where did, whatever happened to her? She disappeared. That's a good question. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine she's disappeared, but... Um, when was the last time Missy Elliott had like a, like a song drop? Well, I mean, if, I, if I'm Googling her... Well, first off... Let's give her some credit. Her years active on Wiki has her starting her career in 1989. So, yeah, she's been at it for some time. Uh, so, the new projects, uh, she did perform at the Super Bowl in 2015, recall, oh, uh, yeah, in the, in the, did, Ka- in the Katy Perry uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Elliot performed a medley of Get Your Freak On, Work It, and Lose Control. The performance is well-received and boosted digital sales of Elliot's work that week. This is, a, this is a segment we like to call Chris Reed's Wikipedia. In July 2018, Missy Elliott teased fans by appearing on a snippet named ID by Skrillex. A release date for the single has yet to be announced. One month later, Elliot appeared on the Ariana Grande number, Number. Who, who uses the phrase number? Who is writing this Wikipedia page? Number? Who still does numbers? Like as if they he played that number. Yeah. Oh, I love that number. The <laughs> you, you know you know where the term number came from, right? Well, well, yeah. When when the Saints go marching in, I want to be in that number. No. No, I think. Well, I might be wrong about yeah. this. Now that you put it that way, because that's an old song. Yeah. But I always thought number referred to like you know that song, like as it charted. You know that 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 uh, number. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? that, that's that's possible. We'll have to look up the origins of number. Uh, n- now I'm on another wiki page. All of a sudden. Uh, but uh, yeah, Missy Elliott. Real legend. All right, now uh, origins of number in music. <laughs> I'm doing Google searches on the air. Well, uh, okay. In music, we, in fairness, we have four hours. That's a good point. Uh, in music, number refers to an individual song, dance, or instrumental piece, uh, which is part of a larger work of musical theater. Uh, da 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 Now it doesn't seem like there are origins for why it's referred to as a number. Um, in musical theater, the lyrics of the individual song numbers. Oh, that's why, because because of a songbook. And so uh, okay. you go, you know, song number forty-seven, ah. and therefore they're referred to as numbers. Gotcha. Now that listen, 
We learned we learned everything. I, I was actually reading up during the break because uh, Joy Taylor of Fox Sports One is uh, on a mission right now on social media uh, to um, tell people that they're morons for arguing against the United States women's national team, arguing for equal pay. Now I have made um, the uh, the argument um, not on the other. I don't want to say on the other side, right? Because if we're talking about just you, the income that U.S. soccer takes in for their national teams. You can't afford to split it evenly. Done. Let's not even have that conversation anymore. But there are real reasons why the overall income that the U.S. men can make is bigger, and it's largely down to the prize money, which is why, for me, you get mad at FIFA. So I, I, I made this point with um, Omar Kelly and Alex Dano on the Midday Show. So... FIFA announced that the prize money for the next World Cups, not these last two, but let's say the U.S. qualify for 2022 in Qatar and the U.S. women qualify for 2023, which is at a yet-to-be-determined location. The prize money for the Men's World Cup in 2022 in Qatar, $440 million to be split up amongst the competing teams. The prize money for the Women's World Cup next edition will be $60 million. And that, for me is the inequity that is far more offensive than, you know, whatever incremental amount uh, the U.S. women make more than the U.S. men. If we're saying that winning the World Cup can win you a significant slice of $440 million as opposed to the women's $60 million, and people can make the argument on the other side, which is men's World Cup draws bigger sponsorship, bigger television revenue, blah, 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 blah. First off, we saw... Women's audiences or audiences for this Women's World Cup around the world, if you can believe it, the United States did not actually have the biggest audience for the Women's World Cup final. That happened in Brazil. Brazil, a a nation that appallingly supports their women's national team. 21 million viewers watched the Women's World Cup final on the same day that Brazil played in a Copa America final against Peru that is, in Brazil, the far bigger soccer sporting event of the day. And so Brazil had the biggest audience. It is now growing in that attention around the world. More companies are attracted to sponsoring it. And so FIFA, which also splits its money and its revenues in an even way amongst all of its federations, right? FIFA gives, you know, a similar voting power and a similar share of the revenue to the United States as it does to name, (laughs) I, I, I don't want to offend anybody, you know, Laos or Zimbabwe or Paraguay, or Curaçao, or Nicaragua, or Iceland, or Estonia. I mean, it it offers the same voting power to all of those countries. And so if you're splitting money equally one way, why why couldn't you then say, okay, we get a, a pool of money from all of our TV broadcasters, from all of our sponsors that goes into the FIFA coffers for FIFA tournaments? Why couldn't you then turn an evenly split prize money? And ultimately, if we're saying the last World Cup was won by the French, right? Kylian Mbappe plays for Paris Saint-Germain and probably takes home about 30 million euro a year from playing for Paris Saint-Germain. Paul Pogba plays for Manchester United, moved to Manchester United for 90 million pound. I mean, we're not talking about players that are playing in lower divisions that are making $80,000 and need the prize money of winning the World Cup. They'll do it for half as much, and they still want to play for their national teams. And so why couldn't you, like, to me, the real fight to be had here when it comes to equality with U.S. soccer is not asking their federation for, according to PolitiFact, 
um, the difference in the CBAs um, between the men's national team, if they played a similar number of friendlies and won a similar number of friendlies, I'm, I'm looking up here because I was scrolling through it, is about $28,000 less per player, which should be fixed tomorrow. You can fix that tomorrow. They take in a similar amount of revenue. They can fix that tomorrow. But the real inequity is federation level around the world and at FIFA level, why can't we share this prize money equally? If you're saying there's a pool of $500 million to give out in prizes for World Cups, 250 for men, 250 for women, it's the same thing in tennis. At, you know, the, the men's and women's prize money at Wimbledon is the same. Why, why, why couldn't you do it that way? Well, I hate to I, – God, I really hate having to take this side of the argument. <laughs> yeah. But I'll take this side of the argument. <sighs> because the simple – I guess the simple fact of the matter is to equate it to basketball, for example, who's the best women's player? Like Diana Taurasi, right? Yeah. Okay, well, Diana, I don't know. I don't know if she plays anymore. I don't know if she plays let, anymore. That's, yeah, I don't care. Uh, not that's. Rude. I believe actually the WNBA All Stars were revealed tonight. Okay, whoever the best, whoever the best player is in the WNBA, would you say she deserves to make as much as the best player in the NBA because of how much revenue the but, WNBA, the NBA, WNBA revenue generates versus what the mm-hmm. NBA generates? No. Uh, by the way, the best women's basketball player is probably Elena Deladon. Okay, Elena Deladon. Okay. Yeah. Elena Deladon? No, 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 she does no, not. Okay, okay. So in FIFA's mind, mm-hmm. like in this, it's easy to say that in the United States because obviously our women players are much better than our men players. But nationally, around internationally around the world, the men players are better. They generate more revenue than the female players. That's why the purse is the way it is for FIFA. Mm-hmm. And it, that's kind of the same inequity there. I mean, whether I think it's fair, whether I think it's right... I mean, I think it's not so much mm-hmm. like a like a like a gender thing as much as it's just a green thing here. Uh, so I would understand that if FIFA ran a fully capitalist system where all the decisions that they made, the way that they split their revenue, the way it was based off of it was a merit based system, right? But we're not talking about an organization that does that. The French, the United States Soccer Federation, again, makes the same amount of money as all the other soccer federations in the world. They share it equally. Even, you know, federations that don't compete at a high level in men's soccer, they get the same share of the revenue. And so if you can do that in a way that suggests that all, in order for this to work, every soccer federation's got to be competitive, why couldn't you then say, if we're splitting the money one way, we can split the money another? Like, and, and again, Fox, when they, when they bought the rights to the World Cup, and when Telemundo bought the rights to the World Cup, it was not for what we want, we're going to pay this much, for the 2018 Men's World Cup and this watch for the... No, they buy them all together. Like, if you're going to buy FIFA's tournament, you got to buy the Under-17 World Cup, the Under-20 World Cup, uh, the Women's World Cup, and the Men's World Cup, and every, you know, the, the Club World Cup, which happens every year. You, you have to buy all of them in a package, and you pay for the whole of the package. So you're not line-item going Men's World Cup, Women's World Cup, Youth World Cup, and on and on. And so you can just say, this is a pool of money, and we're going to split it up because we because not only... I mean, it, it makes total sense for FIFA to do this because they're already an egalitarian operation and they can grow women's soccer. Can you imagine if Thailand walked away with four times as much money from having participated in the group stage as they just did, what it could mean for the growth of the sport of that, in, in that country? Whereas, you know, who went out in the group stage this, at, at this past Men's World Cup? You know that that just they don't need it. They they don't need the prize money from going and playing at a men's World Cup. They just don't. 
Okay, well, you know, just another just another quick sidebar here. I mean, as far as I know, and I don't know a lot about FIFA, they are, are they are, they are pr- as crooked as a barrel of snakes. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, there was actually a, a, a news story that came out today that so the guy that used to run Concacaf is this guy named Jack Warner, um, who was I believe the head of the Trinidad uh, Football Federation. I mean, the most corrupt. I mean, lining you know his pockets with bribe money. Over and over, he was actually ordered to pay by governing bodies seventy nine million dollars for money that he took illegally. Good God, seventy nine million dollars! We are in the wrong racket. I mean, it's incredible. And actually, like there are people that spotted being president of a soccer federation, like you know the United States in the eighties. This guy named Chuck Blazer basically says, "You know what? No one is interested in this soccer thing." There might be money to be made here, and he did. He he made so much money that he added a, an apartment in Trump Tower just for his cats. That's that's just yeah. Two apartment, two apartments in Trump Tower, one for him, and one for his cats. And so, yeah, I mean, this is a sport riddled with corruption. But for me, when I'm going, there needs to be an equal pay debate in U.S. soccer. It's not related to, I mean, the U.S. Soccer Federation can absolutely do more. They can give more to the players. There needs to be, frankly, more subsidy. You know, more money poured into the women's domestic league, the NWSL, which only has nine teams, and is kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's going to start. Like the fact that the U.S. women have won the World Cup twice and don't have a domestic league that they can play in that we know is on strong e- e- economic footing is ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. But you can have all of these things. You can still support a men's program. Still support Major League Soccer still grow the sport of soccer, men's and women's in this game, and pay men and women equally. It's not really that much of a sacrifice. But, at the same time, the real fight, for me, needs to be happening at a bigger level, which I hope it is, and maybe someone is making this case on a bigger level, but um, for me, the $28,000 that they could make extra per player uh, from friendlies in this country pales in comparison to ultimately what the important issue is, which is having a governing body that is paying out equal prize money to, 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 to men and women. It would make such a massive difference if they could do that. Now, I, I, and I'm hugely, I hugely admire the work that Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan and, you know, pundits like Joy Taylor are doing on social media and otherwise to continue to bring attention to this cause. But um, I, I just think that bringing, and I was, I was reading during the break, there's a great story on, uh, on PolitiFact uh, running through the numbers on this, that if you're going to make an argument, in this realm, you should probably read and don't just say, well, you know, the men probably, you know, the men probably make more than the women. And there's this reason and that you should probably read the story because um, there, there is there, there are reasons why uh, this exists. I'm actually going to retweet, uh, retweet it right now from PolitiFact, which is a great nonpartisan, uh, certainly if you're someone who's into politics and, and wants to, you know, learn more about the sincerity of people's claims and, and all that. Um, that's certainly a great place to read. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fascinating. Fascinating data worth reading and, and the, a major uh, driving engine behind this argument. Chris Whittingham here until 10 on WQAM. Chris Whittingham here until 10 o'clock here on WQAM. Thank you for joining us this evening. Of course, talk plenty of 
Russell Westbrook over the course of the show. And as Ira Winderman was mentioning earlier, just the notion that this could carry on for a long time because you can't trade Tyler Hero for a month. You can't trade Myers Leonard for a month. So kind of got to leave that uh, that Woj window open uh, for the next few months. And especially as Twitter's going on and off. Twitter's breaking down. I've had a few uh, outages during the day. I, I don't know. I've broken out in hives. I don't know what to do without my fix of Twitter. But I actually wanted to uh, talk right now. We are approaching the football season. Now, the Dolphins, and, and I might get to this later, and just in terms of feeling like part of the conversation, it, it sucks a little bit when you're tanking that you don't even feel like you're part. We're like, you read, you know, 32 best quarterback situations in the NFL, and you're going, well, bottom bottom there. Uh, top you know, 32 receiver situations in the NFL. You're going, oh, probably bottom third there. Top offensive lines in the NFL. Well, probably bottom third there. Oh, uh, best defensive lineman in the NFL. Probably bottom third there. Oh, best uh, linebackers in the NFL. Probably bottom third there. Like, you don't even have to click on the article to know where the Dolphins are ranking, and they're doing this intentionally. And so instead, I came across an article today that was ranking the quarterbacks in 2020. I actually, I... I uh, emailed the guy see if he would come on the show but he was busy tonight but 2020 quarterback talk that's what I think we got to be here for but it it sucks for next year where you're going you'll you'll talk plenty of Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick but you just don't have that feeling that because you're competitive on the higher levels of the NBA that it, it's going to be of the NBA, I'm so in NBA mode that I have to snap out of it. Of the NFL, that you're talking about the the competitive aspects in the near term of the Dolphins, but I do find the Canes interesting on this front because for me, the Canes can be a team that are competitive on the highest levels of college football, despite the fact that they had a really down year, had a really poor bowl game, and took a major step back from where they were. But here's the source of hope that a Canes fan has to have. When Manny Diaz not took over as head coach, but took over as defensive coordinator, coming in with Mark Richt, straight away, you saw a major shift in where they were from a defensive standpoint. Straight away, you saw that things things are going to be different. That you weren't going to have a Miami defense like it was under Mark D'Onofrio that was getting run over every play. And Mark D'Onofrio was such a bad coach that you can say that the that the difference between where Miami was and where they are now is substantive. A year ago, even with an abominable offense, and I'll get to the numbers on that in a second, last year, third in the country in yards per play defense. Third in the country. That's incredible. And when you consider that when Miami was left by Mark D'Onofrio and Al Golden, the Hurricanes were 86th, 86th in yards per play defense. And then the following year, one year to the next, went from 86th to 9th, all because of the quality of their coaching. That's all it took. In the three years under Manny Diaz, the Hurricanes, yards per play defense, 9th, 12th, 3rd in the country. And last year, a team that finished 7-5, and five, having the third best defense in college football. Better than uh, the only two that were better were Mississippi State and Clemson. Better than Alabama. Better than the best teams in the country. 
Miami had a defense on par with those. Even after losing some talent to the NFL, they still had among the best defenses in all of college football. But here's here's where it went wrong. Last year, yards per play offense, 75th in the country. Yards per passing attempt, 116th. 116th in the country. That is level on a yards per attempt basis with UConn and Kent State. UConn, who had a terrible season a year ago. I think they were 3-9 and nine in, the, in the American Conference. Shocking a year ago. But that's where Miami was. And then in terms of rushing, 24th in the country, which is good, but could be better on a yards per rushing attempt basis. Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. Do, do you have a breaking news sounder? We don't. Russell Westbrook's not coming to Miami. The Oklahoma City Thunder. What, 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 what? The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First round pick swaps in 2024. First round picks in 2024 and 2026. Pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. My goodness. Stop. Whatever Hurricane's point I was making. Holy crap. Again, the Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First round picks in 2024 and 2026. And first round pick swaps in 2021. And 2025. My goodness. So, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are on the same team again, and Daryl Morey has taken another big swing. This is absolutely astounding. I, I, I'm, I, my mouth is hanging open. So basically, they get off of Chris Paul and add an asset. And Chris Paul, whew, off to Siberia in NBA terms. What the hell are the Oklahoma City Thunder going to do with Chris Paul? And what the hell is Chris Paul going to do for the remainder of his career? Oh, my God. I don't, I, I don't think I've had a woge bomb of this magnitude happen while I'm on the air. This you, is you're smiling like ear to ear. Yeah, right now. like I'm. Oh my god, what has happened? So again, Russell I mean, Westbrook is not going to be traded to the Miami Heat, and I can now say, bullet dodged. I mean, you could say that if you like. Bullet dodged. My God. I mean, you talked about you talked about not being enough basketballs between Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, <sighs> between James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. I mean, at least they once played together. There's some of that mutual respect. But, uh, you know, but, but James Harden's been kind of like, but remember, James Harden oof. was a six-man on that team. He's since kind of grown, become his own dude. He's a bit of a different player now. That's a... So, th- so this is unbelievable. So, the Oklahoma City Thunder now have seven additional first-round picks, including their own, and the rights to swap picks for four more. They have Miami 2021, Miami 2023. I'll have to, I'll have to, I mean, oh my God. So again, 
the trade. Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets. Done, according to Woj, for two first-round picks and two first-round pick swaps. And at least, if you're the Miami Heat, you can say, we were never doing that. We were never doing that. Because first off, you can't, right? You don't have the first-round picks to do that. But they were never going to make a trade of that magnitude. I almost feel like (laughs) this is one of those where, like, you're going to react to it in real time. So if you want to call in 954-567-0560 or 305-567-0560. Are we taking calls? Yeah, I mean, like, breaking news happens. I just I want to bounce this off of somebody. I mean, I'm staring here at my computer screen with my mouth hanging open. According to a texter here, the Rockets stole Westbrook from the Heat when they should have made an offer. I mean, this I'll is... I'll tell you what, yeah, guys, if you want to call in, 567-0560, I will pick up the phone. <laughs> you will get on the air with Chris Whittingham. We don't do this yeah. too much on 560 no, anymore, we don't. we want to hear your reaction. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, man. The Heat aren't getting Russell Westbrook. Your thoughts? I mean, this is a staggering trade. Houston Rockets are getting Russell Westbrook for four first or the rights to four first round picks. I and then and now Oklahoma City's got to figure out. Now I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, on the trade machine and figure out what his salary is for next year and if the Oklahoma City Thunder are gonna get under. The, I mean, one way or another, they're, they're gonna get under the luxury tax. Whether they have to give up. Um, yeah, so you're actually you're trading for exactly equivalent contracts. The contracts that Russell Westbrook signed and Chris Paul signed are exactly equivalent. And so 38.5 for 38.5, it is a like-for-like salary, and Houston's given up four first-round picks? Four first-round picks? The Heat were never going to do that. So I, I really don't think you can be mad at the Miami Heat for not doing this trade. Because they were never going to do it. I'm sorry. Miami could not and should not have done what what Houston just did. And frankly, for Houston to do this, I mean, their only way out of it is to trade James Harden. Because this is going to be who this is going to be their team for the next four years. And if it doesn't work out, they are screwed. Screwed beyond belief. All right, so I want to take your reactions to the Miami Heat not getting Russell Westbrook. We'll start with Chris. Chris, you're on WQAM. Go ahead. What's up, Chris? How you doing? Yeah, doing all right. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed, but, you know, I don't really, you know, I didn't really like Westbrook's game. But um, I know he's going to pull something out in 21, hopefully, so... And I, I actually feel happy because I don't like CP3. He could do his State Farm commercials now in <laughs> Oklahoma. So that's good for him. Yeah, and, and that's that's certainly one aspect of this. I, I just I had a tweet come across my timeline that the Rockets just got worse. Now, we know, and it is 100% true, that Chris Paul and James Harden didn't seem to like each other very much. I mean, we can pretty well say that. But I think now you have a situation that is identified as 
Chris Paul didn't want to be with James Harden anymore, but he kind of got sent to NBA Siberia. Chris Paul, on his contract, I mean, I, I just, who, unless they're significantly incentivized to do so, is going to take on that salary. So next year, 38.5, the following 41.3, and then the last year of a age 36 year for Chris Paul, who already showed signs of decline in last year's postseason, $44.2 million. And so for me, that's a trade that makes sense for Oklahoma City. But holy crap, Houston, they're going all in on Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And that's going to be their team. Text machine getting kind of lit here a little bit. The Heat missed out. Ira needs to call in because I, I think we should call Ira back at this point. <laughs> I kind of can't disagree with that. Next season for the Heat is done. Why bother? Franchise is saved. Chris Paul to the Lakers after the buyout. I can see that. Miami stalling on trade allowed Houston to come in and take Westbrook from the franchise. Shaking my head. Mm. SMH. Westbrook being traded to the Rockets. Yes, we know. 2021, that's BS. The earth might end before then. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if, if we're going to get that kind of nihilistic about it, then Miami could be underwater by the time that, that, uh, that these picks convey. But, I mean, I am... I, I don't think I've really been this at a loss in the middle of a show than I am right now. Again, the trade from Woj. This is the bomb to end all bombs. The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul and first-round picks in 2024 and 2026, as well as pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. The Thunder now have seven additional first-round picks beyond their own and four pick swaps, two with the Clippers and two with the Rockets, both of which are long after they might be good. The Clippers might be good. Or, or I'm sorry, the, 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 the Clippers might no longer be good. The Rockets might no longer be good by the time these picks convey. I am just absolutely flabbergasted. And let's let's dig into the Miami angle when we return. So Miami didn't get Russell Westbrook. What now? If you want to call in 954-567-0560, 305-567-0560. For those unfamiliar with this calling thing, you can call and we'll answer and we'll put you on the air to give your opinions. 305-567-0560, 954-567-0560. We'll talk about what now for the Heat then when we return. Radio.com. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those melodramatic fools. Neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps setting up I think I'm ready 
for joining him here until 10 on 560 WQAM. We have breaking news. Russell Westbrook's not going to the Heat. We have a Woj bomb. The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First-round picks in 2024 and 2026. And pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. The picks are protected 2024 to uh, 1 through 4. 2026, 1 through 4. 25, uh, tw- 2025 swap is protected through pick 20. And the 2021 swap is protected 1 through 4. OKC can swap either with the Clippers pick or the Heat pick. I, I mean, the armament. And by the way, Woj actually left out a first-round pick in his tweet about Oklahoma, uh, about Oklahoma City's now armament of picks and pick swaps. Because they also got a first-round pick trading Jeremy Grant to the Denver Nuggets. So they've got eight, eight first-round picks. And you'd imagine they're going to use a few of them to get off of Chris Paul now. Because there's just no point in having Chris Paul. I don't know. Now, the next question is, who wants Chris Paul? Now, the answer is Miami. I'm not in on that either. But I, I want to I get your reactions. The Heat didn't get Russell Westbrook. We'll start first. Well, but if you want to call in 954-567-0560, 305-567-0560. Mike is on WQAM. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, the first thing, thanks for taking my call. I can't even remember last time I called in the radio station. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that hit my head, and then that Lakers hit the Paul text, that was me. That The first thing that hit my head is Chris Paul in a small market. The last time that happened, he tried to, the Eagles went to the Lakers, and the trade was so bad, Stern had to step in and veto the deal, if you remember. Yeah. So I don't think there's any way he's going to go and play in Oklahoma City. That's just my on that. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, and, and it's it's a good point. I mean, I, I don't know what Oklahoma City is going to end up doing. Now, I will say, there is a little bit of previous with Chris Paul in Oklahoma City, because you recall that Chris Paul was in New Orleans with the Hornets, when they were the Hornets, when Hurricane Katrina happened, and... When Hurricane Katrina happened, they obviously couldn't play in the arena that's right there by the Superdome. And so they played a year in Oklahoma City as the New Orleans Hornets. So he actually has previous with Oklahoma City. But, uh, again, I can't I can't envision a scenario where Chris Paul is going to end up with the Oklahoma City Thunder at the start of next season. But they're going to have to use some of their first-round picks and their pick swaps to get off of this contract because it's another bad contract, 38-41-44 for the next three years. I just don't see the Oklahoma City going through with that when they're not intending on winning. A lot of people on the text machine are encouraging the Chris Paul to Miami situation on that that terrible contract. Mm -hmm. Another one is sitting there pointing out that Kendrick Nunn can now get the starting spot on the Heat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of people are sort of – uh, sarcastically. Oh, I don't think there's are, any sarcasm. No, in no, that no, text. no. I, I, no. I think people are, are sarcastically going. Oh, I guess it's another season of the young players, um, and that ultimately the season would have been more fun for Miami if they traded for Russell Westbrook. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that I can that, that I disagree. It would have been more fun, but um, Russell Westbrook, I don't think helps you win. And I think with Houston, that fit is weird to me. Weird, Russell Westbrook is now 
in 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 this from uh, HP Basketball on Twitter. Russell Westbrook is now in a three point volume offense driven by isolation, and James Harden is usually the leader of that of, of that isolation. So, um, it's uh it's it's incredible to me that Houston decided to go for this move, going for broke. Chris Paul is all we can do, and we'll give up. But we'll mortgage the future to do it. Whew. I, I I I can't believe that they actually did this trade. Alex is on WQAM reacting to Russell Westbrook being traded to the Rockets. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, uh, good evening, gentlemen. I, I, it's good to see the Don, the Godfather, taking taking a step back, relaxing. I bet you he had the itch. He wanted to pull that trigger, but maybe sure he did. All these years, all these years of these bad contracts, and just watching you know us being stuck at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. Maybe it's finally gotten through his stubborn head. He's going to take a seat back and just see what we got right now with the youth and then go from there get these contracts out, uh, you know, the last one that we have left, and then just go from there, man. It's good to see. It's good to see us like, take a step back. It's going to suck. It's not exciting. It's not Miami, but, you know, it, we got to relax and we got to rebuild a little bit, man. I agree. I think this was a catch and release. I think this was we're in on a trade. We'll see what the market is. And we said earlier, the market didn't look – Obvious. It didn't look like it was going to be clear. And if you want to get in, by the way, 305-567-0560 or 954-567-0560. I do think that the Miami Heat did well here to wait for the market to emerge. And ultimately, you're never going to match what Houston just gave. Because... Even if we're saying it's salary filler, right? It's not salary filler for Miami plus four first-round picks. The Heat were ne- even if it was Goran Dragic, James Johnson, and Derek Jones Jr. and that was it. You're matching salary, which is essentially what Chris Paul is, right? He's a salary match, if a little worse because he's on a lengthier contract. A salary match plus four first-round picks. Miami was never doing that. And that's why I have no problem with the fact that they didn't pull the, pull the trigger on this trade. They were never going to match what that trade offer from Houston was going to be. So you know what? Pat Riley, you, you, you go to Sam Preston, you say, you know what? We will take this. We will give you this offer, which is probably just matching salary. Maybe you include Winslow in there. But you were never going to then say, we'll give you two first-round picks and the rights to swap two more. First off, Oklahoma City already has two of your first-round picks. They're not going to take more of your first-round picks. But I am I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted that Houston decided to, do, to, to, to pull off this trade. He got screwed not making a deal as soon as possible, allowing Rockets to come in with a better package. Chris Paul will be a Laker. Trust me, he will release. He'll be released in the middle of the year by OKC. You can't release that contract. That's ludicrous. That that texter is saying something that is insane. You, you want to release? Do you know how much is left on Chris Paul's contract? I'll, I'll I'll pull it up for you right now. The amount of money that is left on that contract. It's like a hundred and twenty million dollars. You can't release $120 million. You insane? Release? So they're just going to have $38 million this year, $41 million next year, $44 million the year after that, just hanging out on the books? You're crazy. There's absolutely no way. Also, 
Uh, Russell Westbrook has a 15% trade bonus that will be voided. Uh, 38%, uh, 38.5, this is from Bobby Marks, uh, $38.5 million salary this season exceeds the max for a player with 10 plus years of service. Therefore, he cannot have a, a, an, an increase on his salary. It's the full maximum salary that a player of his experience can have. Therefore, that bonus is not going to kick in. Okay. Uh, let's see here. According to you, Chris Whittingham, yep. Russell Westbrook does not fit anywhere. He's just the worst I, player in I the mean, world. I mean, to me, he is best player on a 45-win team. That's that's what... Because ultimately, you can't have him play... I mean, unless... Okay, you can pair him with Anthony Davis. You can pair him maybe with Zion with the bigs in the NBA. The bigs that matter. Porzingis, maybe. Or eh, not even Luka Doncic. Like, with the big guys in the NBA that matter, you can you can match... Russell Westbrook with those guys. With other ball-dominant guards and wings, he can't. Russell Westbrook takes too much too much oxygen as a player. takes too many shots in order for that to work. I love how you put him in too much oxygen. <laughs> He's sucking all the yeah, oxygen Yeah, he, he, he takes out all the air to the room. The reaction, uh, by the way, from Dwayne Wade on Twitter, well, damn, pensive emoji. Yeah, well, you know. There you go. A nice, nice little rap. Okay, from another texter here who's who's very who's still holding out hope. Yep. Listen, Houston will trade Russell Westbrook at the deadline to Miami <laughs> for Drogic and Olenek. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, like, look, I'm not going to be surprised when when Houston tries to trade one of these two guys, but um, I I I think that Harden is probably going to have to be the one that they trade just to get their team back. Right, just to I mean, just to figure out how they're going to proceed forward. But uh, now Woj is also sent out on social media. Um, Oklahoma City uh, General Manager Sam Presti worked with Westbrook and his agent Thad Fauscher to deliver the former MVP to his preferred destination, mm. a reunion with James Harden. Per so now this sources. Is a, so now Houston was his preferred destination. Now Houston huh? was his preferred destination oh. when it was reported that Miami was his preferred destination. Look at that. Who know? Who knows anything in today's world, Chris? Who Who knows anything? What Anything. a crazy trade for Houston. Two ball-dominant guards will never work, especially with Westbrook's personality. Kudos to Riley for holding off and not giving in. Now go after Bradley Beal. OKC pulled a Thibodeau on Pat Riley. I mean, I, first off, what does that even mean? I don't I have no <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. looking at you like, what? Yeah, I, I mean, well, oh, oh, okay. In terms of... Getting to the getting to the five yard line and then deciding not to do a trade, which ah. is what they did with Jimmy Butler. I mean, I, I don't, um, I don't, I, I mean, people that are, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine the people on social media right now making fun of Miami for doing this trade or saying that Miami did poorly here or that Miami should that Miami you know is gonna is gonna rule the day that they didn't do this contract. I mean. This was such the smart move. Like, I'm giving Miami standing ovation, for my opinion, for not doing this trade. For, for, for not cowing to the pressure of trying to make this trade. When, again, your competition offered four first-round picks. That's that's such a better package than Miami was ever going to offer. You say to Houston, you took a big gamble, man, but you got the player. Well done. Well, that's a good lead-in for our next tweet here. Witty, you fool. First-round picks don't guarantee anything. Have you not seen the Knicks' first-rounders? Westbrook is a beast. Okay. You you can say whatever you—again, this is the point that I make 
with Pat Riley that he doesn't value first rounders. I can't believe I'm taking this texture seriously. <laughs> but the point is not that you have to value first rounders or Miami has to value first rounders. Although I will tell you, the young assets that could have fetched you something in this trade were all first round picks. You can't do anything in this trade unless you give up Winslow, Hero, or Bam Adebayo, all of whom were taken in the first round of the NBA draft. So don't tell me that first round picks are important, but even secondarily, it is the currency that matters in trades, whether you value them or not. Oklahoma City If I said you can get four first-round picks for Russell Westbrook, you'll do it every time. That's the currency that Sam Presti wants now to fix his team. He's going to fix his team with these first-round picks. It's incredible. But to me, if you're Miami, you just look at what the Houston Rockets just did and, and, and give them a round of applause. Say, well done. You got the player, if if you really wanted him, but you're never doing that. Or, as I'm doing, you're Miami, you're looking at Houston and go, good luck with that bleep. Good luck with that. Guys, it's two first-round picks Oklahoma gave up for Westbrook. You, excuse me, I hate bad grammar. You are <laughs> the two who are, you, God, you're the two are pick swaps, and that's exactly what they are. You were swapping picks with Oklahoma, but you're not giving them picks without getting something uh, listen, in return. Ask, ask Brooklyn, ask the Brooklyn Nets if if pick swaps are actually first round picks, because the Boston Celtics got I I, I forget whether it was Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum on the back of a pick swap. Like, ask them what they think of pick swaps. And again, these are pick swaps that will probably happen after these teams are good. And so, like, for example, the the Oklahoma City Thunder have their own pick in 2025 but can swap picks with either the Clippers or the Houston Rockets. If either of those teams are bad, you get their first-round pick high in the draft. That's the opportunity. The opportunity is not, okay, you can swap picks, therefore you, you lose one. No, you can swap with them. And so, again, here's what the Oklahoma City Thunder have in terms of draft picks. They have their own next year, protected in the top 20. They have Denver's next year, protected to the top 10, so they'll get anywhere between 11 and 30. 2021, their own with a swap right uh, with either my with, with either their own or Miami's pick. 2021, unprotected. 2022, their own pick, protected in the lottery. 2022, the Clippers pick. uh, 2023, the option to swap rights with the Clippers. 2023, Miami's pick, protected to 14. 2024, their own. 2024, the Clippers. 2024, the Houston Rockets, protected in the top four. 25, their own, with with also the rights to the Clippers and the Rockets. 2026, their own. 2026, the Clippers. 2026, protected in the top four. It's astounding what they've done here. Astounding. They can fix their team. They can fix their team. Start a full freaking rebuild with all these picks, starting with getting Chris Paul off your books. And then after that, drafting players, trading for others. It is just, I think, a general manager's dream, other than Pat Riley. I think it's a general manager's dream to be like, okay, I get to start from here and build a team with Sam Presti. I mean, Sam Presti. Drafted Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. If not in consecutive drafts, then drafts that are pretty close together. 
I mean, this guy is going to want to fix his team via the draft, and I think he's the world is his oyster. One more before we hit the break here because the text machine is pretty freaking lit right now. Boy, you guys are night. You guys night. You guys are right. Just you, God, bad grammar. Is, oh, Boy, you guys say, night just became a lot more interesting. I'm totally fine with us. I would never have wanted to take on that huge contract. Plus, the draft picks and everything will be fine. Go with the young guys and get Bradley Beal. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know what the Bradley Beal situation is going to be, but you're well positioned for it. You're absolutely well positioned for it. I enjoy, by the way, uh, Major League Baseball uh, in the middle <laughs> in the middle of their broadcast of the Rangers game, uh, which no, that's in Dallas, um, but. Uh, Houston, Oklahoma City reported on the television. So again, the trade. We're just going to keep reacting to this for the next hour. The trade is Oklahoma City getting Chris Paul two first-round picks and two first-round pick swaps in exchange for Russell Westbrook going to the Houston Rockets. This is seismic NBA news. We continue to break it down here on WQAM. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.